Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Welcome to the show. I'm Shane Norton, a.k.a. The Sports Car Nobody, and this is episode 14 of the Sports Car Nobody podcast. Now, I came into this episode, you know, this day of recording with my notes, and I had a lot of things I was going to talk about, and I, and I do plan to still talk about them, but the last couple of days, there's been some really tragic news that has made its way across the wrestling community. Uh Scott Hall, one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time, WWE Hall of Famer, suffered a heart attack a few days ago and has been on life support. And I think as of this recording, he was taken off of life support, but is still fighting for his life. Now, I'm not going to speculate on what's going to happen. By the time this actually goes live, I have no idea where things might stand. Um, I, I just can't help but hope that one more time, Scott can kick out. We can avoid that three count and, you know, some miracle can happen and we get more of Scott before the time, the time actually comes. But that being said, I really wanted to actually just take a moment to talk about, you know, what Scott has meant to the world of professional wrestling and, and by extension, you know, the the effect that it has on, on people like me you know, people like me that collect cards, and that's what this podcast is about. You know, on the sports card, nobody I come on here and I talk about sports cards, and and I I talk a lot about my love and my emotions and my investment into the things that I collect. You know, the reason that I collect these cards is because I, I like to reflect on the past experiences. You know, the Dodgers winning the World Series, or you know, looking over and seeing the wrestling and Marvel cards, things that meant so much to me throughout my life, and wrestling really is one of the most important pieces of entertainment in my entire life. I am a lifelong fan. I talk about it so much on this podcast that at some point I should probably change the name of this to Wrestling Card Nobody. Um, But I am just so passionate about that industry, about that product. And for me, when I was a kid, it was Hulkamania and I, I fell out of it for a long time after Hulkamania kind of faded in the early 90s, mostly because of access to the product. It was hard to watch it, but nonetheless, I still did, whether it was catching um, catching pay-per-views with friends or you know buying the video games, WWF Royal Rumble. And Razor Ramon was one of those characters that even as it was hard for me to watch, that character was able to transcend and still hit the mainstream to a small extent anyway, you know, because he wasn't Hulk Hogan. I mean, nobody was at that time, especially. Um, and he was a bad guy. He was a mid-card bad guy. But he had this style and this coolness about him that separated him from everybody else. And meanwhile, he was putting on, you know, all-time classic ladder matches. His feud with Shawn Michaels was is legendary at this point. But the thing that really changed everything is when he left the WWF and went to WCW and the impact it had on me is almost immeasurable I I couldn't even begin to really quantify 
how much it affected me throughout the years. But to recap short, uh, you know, recap just a bit here, Scott Hall on an episode of WCW Monday Nitro, you know, at this time there was no internet, you know, nobody really knew what was going on, but here's this WWF star decides to come strolling out of the audience in the middle of a match that, you know, at this point, nobody even remembers who else is in that match. Just gets in the ring, demands the mic, and starts off with, um, you know, something along the lines of, you people know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Now, yes, that impression is absolutely horrendous, but you should go back and watch it because, when he drops that line, it was just pure confusion because he was right. We did not know what was happening. We didn't know why Razor Ramon was suddenly in a WCW ring. And he goes out there and he drops that promo. And it goes on to be arguably one of the most important promos in the history of the industry. Because that set in motion. The whole Monday Night Wars, it set into motion the formation of the New World Order, which brought a level of attention back to professional wrestling that it had not seen since the fading of Hulkamania. It really allowed what is now known as the Attitude Era to become what we look back on it as. None of that happens without Scott Hall going out there and cutting that promo. It started with Scott. Then the the huge reveal that Kevin Nash was, you know, his partner in all this, and you know the thing that sent it off to the moon on a rocket ship, Hogan turning out to be the third man. And now Hogan really is going to be the one we all look at as the one that really made this a success that it was, and that's you know that's probably fair. But what Scott Hall did and the way he did it was that magic mix, that that secret sauce that allowed this to become the coolest thing in the world at that time. It set off the Monday Night Wars. It set off the Attitude Era. You know, without Scott Hall going in and cutting that promo, I don't know if we get Austin at the level that we get him. I don't know if we get The Rock, you know, as we know him today. It changed everything. And the fact that it feels like even in the decade since Scott Hall doesn't really receive the recognition that he should for it because it, I don't know that it works without him. I was so in love with Monday Nitro at that time. I think I was in eighth grade. And um, once all this started, every single Monday for me was just, I was locked in. I could not wait to get out of school and get home and and 8 p.m., put on TNT and see what the heck was about to happen. And almost every week, especially when when all this was rolling, Scott Hall would come out with, I don't know how many of the NWO members once this thing started to really expand and maybe get a little out of control, but, and he would cut the promo. He would usually open up with the uh, time to take a survey. And man, did I eat that up. I just loved to hate what he was about to do and say. And if you are a professional wrestling fan, you know that as a professional wrestler, there is nothing better you can do than get a genuine reaction. And Hall was the king of that, man. Holy crap, did I love to hate that guy and couldn't wait to see him get his get his block knocked off. And I wanted Sting to, to take him out so bad. 
but that's because he he just had that charisma, that style, that coolness factor, and the whole time would just that devil may care. You know, he's going to go out there and do what he wants to do, and it felt so authentic and real. And again, it changed the entire game. So I just wanted to take this moment to reflect because the impact that Scott Hall really had on me at that at that time it ignited this passion it ignited this this love for this industry that I had had since I was a kid but had faded and and all of a sudden this whole thing was happening and I couldn't get enough of it and now here I am all these years later collecting wrestling cards still likely because of that promo you know this 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 man goes out there and cuts this this promo for the ages and I sitting here is almost 40 years old, wanting to relive all these feelings, this nostalgia and these emotions that I had as a kid. And I buy these sports cards, these wrestling cards, these Marvel cards for those very reasons. And again, I, I talk about this a lot, but I think it's so pivotal to why we all do this. You know, we we talk all the time about investing and grading and you know, is this going to be worth this much? You know, what should I sell this? When should I sell it? When should I buy? What's the, all that stuff is important for the hobby. It is, I, I do it. It's a part of it, but without that passion and that nostalgia and those feelings and those emotions and that investment, none of this matters. None of this is anything more than just pieces of cardboard with photos and, and artwork on them. It's just a silly little thing that we do. But men like Scott Hall, athletes like him, that make you fall in love with something, fall in love with movies, fall in love with sports, fall in love with comic books, fall in love with whatever it is that you fall in love with, this, these entertainment uh, mediums that we get to enjoy, that we get the luxury and the, you know, to sit back in our, you know, our um, third world problems or first world problems and just enjoy these things and care about them so deeply and, you know, get upset when our teams was whatever, all of that. That's what makes these cards truly matter. It's the reason people are willing to spend so much money on them. Yeah, there's the speculation, there's the investment, there's all of that stuff, but it's the Scott Halls that are at the root and the heart of all of this. So... Thank you to Scott Hall for everything that he did for the industry, for every piece of impact that he had on me at that age. He is an absolute legend, and I am so thankful for all the years that I got to watch him do his thing because he did it not like anybody else, and he did it his way. Thank you, Scott Hall. So with that said, I I do still have some things that I I wanted to talk about about the actual card world, and um, I'm going to go ahead and try to transition to that. I uh, thank you for going along on that little journey with me because it was important to me to talk about a a man that I've never met that had a huge impact on not only me, but likely millions of people around this world. Um, So with that said, yeah, sports cards, this very unimportant thing that we do, this thing that we love, this whole reason you're probably tuning in to this podcast. And what I was going to dedicate this entire episode to, I'm still going to chat on, and that is some more emotion. So as I talked about at the top of this with my, I don't know, my tribute or whatever you want to call that to Scott Hall, I, I really 
dug deep into the emotion and the impact of of that nostalgia and how it drives all this. Well, there's other emotions that come with this hobby and man, have I been on one heck of a roller coaster over the last week. Um so, you know, hot off the heels of some of my um, biggest episodes ever. Actually, I, I, I had a, a really good experience at the Mohegan Sun um, card show, the ECCA Expo, put on by the incredible Scott DeMay, who was my very first guest ever just last week. That was fantastic and amazing. And I can't thank Scott enough for coming on. And he was breaking news on here. He was a, a heck of a guy to chat with. If you haven't heard it, you should definitely go back and give it a listen because if you are local at all, you're going to want to check out the ECCA round two that's going to happen June 11th and 12th. I've already taken the days off. I will definitely be there at least June 11th, which is the Saturday, and I believe is the day that the trade night is going to happen. That was big news that Scott broke that the ECCA Expo round two was going to have a trade night. I have never been to a trade night, so I am ready to go. I, I cannot wait to get in there and mingle and chat and network and do that whole thing. It's going to be amazing. Um, but the reason that the Mohegan Sun uh, Expo is important to my point here is I went to that show. If you listen to my recap, you know that I had an incredible uh, purchase from my man, Alex, owner of Ideal Sports Cards. Again, local here, Terryville, Connecticut. Absolutely go check out Ideal Sports Cards if you're anywhere in the area. If you come visit from another place, that's the place to go and say, hi, Alex is incredible. I was able to make an, a, a fantastic purchase off him. I think it was five tops finest gold WWE cards. I think it was The Rock, Austin, Bret Hart, Triple H, and The Undertaker. Well... That seemed to uh, have a Scott Hall-like effect on me and ignited a passion that I did not realize existed. But I got these gold cards home. I started taking some photos, and I was in love, in love with these pieces of cardboard. And I decided I was going to start chasing this set to a certain extent. I, you know... I. I'm not a super focused collector. I'm not a super collector. I don't collect just one guy. I fall in love with something and I ride that wave until something else comes along that I fall in love with. Well, this finest love hit me deep. I think uh, after buying the cards from the show, I went back to Alex's shop. I don't know, a week later, maybe not even picked up some more gold cards he had. I think it was John Cena, uh, Goldberg, and an orange Sasha Banks. That sent me right down this dangerous rabbit hole and I'd been searching for all these different finest cards with the kind of goal of being I want gold or better. So I want the um, 250 or numbered to 50 or less numbered to 50 is both the gold in the extended set and orange in the regular set. And first of all, I have a real you know a bone to pick with tops on this. I don't understand why in this set the regular set gold cards are numbered to 10, then the extended set with which includes the rock and Cena and all the legends is number to 50. But then in the regular set, the order, it's very strange. Even on the, uh, the different checklists on Beckett and cardboard, uh, connection, it, they claim that all the golds are 210, but that's not true. I have a lot of golds here that are 250. I don't know what's going on. It's very confusing. If anybody has some real hard answers on that, let me know. But I digress a little bit because regardless, the gold looking cards are just phenomenal. So I wanted those and I wanted them to be as rare as possible. So I started, 
you know, browsing all over the internet and looking for cards that I could buy. I've added a couple since, but this is where I get to the emotional roller coaster of the whole thing. I came across a Roman Reigns orange, so number 250 autograph card. I don't have any Roman Reigns. I, uh, I mean, I talk about it a lot. I'm actually, you know, deeply passionate AEW guy, but I still love the WWE, even though I don't watch it as much. Um, I still absolutely respect what the WWE is. And I, I respect and acknowledge the head of the table. Roman Reigns is the probably the most important wrestler of his generation. You know, exactly where you you draw those lines. I don't know, but this heel turn that he had at this point, I mean, over a year ago, whatever it is, has been legendary. He's beaten everybody that's come his way. He's probably going to beat Brock Lesnar here at WrestleMania. And he's probably going to stay, you know, keep that title until he faces the Rocket the next WrestleMania. I have no idea. I'm not a booker, but it's been legendary. So as I decided I wanted to build out this Top's Finest set, it was obvious to me that I have to have a Roman Reigns. It's obviously, right? Well, here's the problem. The problem is... I fell in love with these cards about one to three months too late. So I got a great deal when I bought the, the gold cards from Alex because Alex is the man. But the rest of the world uh, charging a little bit more for their cards. So I'm you know, hitting eBay and doing everything I can to find the cards that I want to add to my set. I came across the Roman Reigns. And I thought it was a little pricey, especially going off comps. Looking at recent comps... I think this card was something like ugh, 50% or more. It might even have been more than double some of the recent comps. And I, I still, I really wanted the card. I listened to a lot of different podcasters. And one of the you know prevailing themes is that if you want something, you got to just go get it and figure it out later. Don't be afraid to set the new bar. I think that's a Brett McGrath thing. I mean, Drake's... Drake over at Drake's PC is setting the bar every other week with some of the amazing cards he's adding to his collection. But I still try to remain a disciplined collector. It's important to me that I don't overextend myself, that I don't go crazy, that I try to um, table some of my emotions when I see a card that I really like or that I think I really have to have. So this Roman Reigns was a tough one for me because I saw it. I felt like it was overpriced. I started communication with the seller. Uh, went back and forth, and there was going to be no budge on the price. I think I had made a couple really close to asking price offers, but there was going to be no budge. So, okay, my logical analytical mind gets gets rolling, and I decide, okay, I think I'm going to buy the card even though I, I feel like it's overpriced, but I think I'm going to try to sell some things first. Let me figure that out. And there was one day I was sitting at my computer, and I was looking at the Roman Reigns card, staring at it. I even put it into my cart. And I was getting ready to purchase the card. And then I said, well, let me let me just hold off a little bit. Uh, by, the, by that evening, I went back to look and the card was gone. Somebody bought it at the full price. And my opportunity to have that card was now gone. Now, usually I am able to say it's okay. There's always going to be another card for me to get. It's all good. Well, that's not what happened. Instead, I was losing sleep over this card. I was so frustrated that it was bought. I was so mad at myself that it was in my cart and I didn't pull the trigger. 
it's not like I was putting my family out. I have my budget for these sorts of things. I, you know, I, I, I take care of the things I have to take care of first before I make purchases. So there really wasn't a downside. It was just my analytical, disciplined attitude that cost me this card. And immediately I was frustrated and annoyed and I knew it. I knew it. I was talking in my group chat, you know, about the fact that the next time this card comes up, it's going to be double that price. I just let that card walk when I had it in my cart. And now my opportunity to get that card is likely gone, especially in a price range that I already thought was overpriced. So that put me on tilt. If you don't play poker, a quick uh, explanation. Sometimes when you're playing poker, you lose a really big hand, you lose a big bet, you know, maybe you've got some monster hand, but somebody just happens to have something more, you know, slightly more of a monster than yours and you lose a big pop. And all of a sudden you start pushing your chips and making irrational decisions because maybe your rational decisions just bit you. Well, that's what I did. (laughs) That's what I did. I couldn't stop staring at all the different cards and I I really wanted a Roman. I couldn't find another one, especially autographed. And all of a sudden, the base autograph cards were, the asking prices were as much as the 250 and It just set me in a spiral. I ended up buying a couple cards to try to fill the void. I got a Charlotte Flair gold. I bought an Adam Cole Bay Bay gold autograph, actually. And then my wife was giving me the blessing because my birthday's coming up. So she was like, I don't know what to get you. It's so hard to buy you cards. So just go pick out a couple cards that you like. So I did. Those cards haven't come in yet, but when they do, I'll be sure to share them. And then on top of all of that, the new Topps Finest set was going to come out. And I, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do about the Topps Finest 2021 set because I was so in love with this 2020 set. And that's kind of what I'm chasing now. But I still wanted to get the 2021 set. And before I bought mine, the prices on that started to go up. And again, I was getting frustrated about that. And then the news about the WWE Prism, um, the prices on that started to drop. And holy crap, that is a pricey, pricey little uh, pony there. So I was saying in my group chat, I got to get out of the wrestling game. I was three months too late. Forget it. I'm just going to grade and sell everything and put the money in other cards. I'm so frustrated. But then I kept buying more cards. And I don't know. It's been wild. I, I definitely got set on tilt because of that Roman, that Roman getting away. But I'm still in it. I'm still adding cards. I'm still chasing this 2020 finest set. Um, we'll see how far it actually goes because, uh, I mean, the prices are going crazy. It, it's it's exciting, though. You know, the wrestling market is absolutely exploding right now for anybody who's listening to this. I mean, I call myself the sports card nobody. I talk about sports cars, but in the end, I really, I'm talking about the hobby as a whole, but there's a good chance that people don't realize what's happening in the wrestling market. You know, it's been growing. People talk about this. You know, there's way smarter, way smarter people than me who are in the wrestling part of this hobby specifically. I mean, Gelman on Twitter, uh, SC Uncensored, I think is, is the actual handle, but Gelman has a wrestling, you know, sports card blog and, that account was constantly talking about the wrestling card, um, the wrestling card hobby, and how it's been exploding, and the reasons why, and warning people that this was coming. You've got Zan Morning over with wrestling with cards and Worlds Collide, and you know they've been pushing this product a lot. They've been pushing, 
you know, they've been wanting to get wrestling fans to buy wrestling cards. It's a weird thing that we don't. And I was one of them for a long time. I didn't buy wrestling cards. I bought some when I was a kid and, you know, until, I don't know, three, four months ago when I bought my first Bret Hart card, I, I was a, a wrestling fan who wasn't buying wrestling cards. Then the AEW product came out and that ignited a passion that people, you know, seemed to really not realize they had, you know, people didn't realize they wanted wrestling cards. All of a sudden, AEW fans are going crazy with that product. And now this prism set, you know, everybody was saying this is going to be a milestone monster, monster set. And holy crap, was that right? Because the prices, I think, are $899 on blowout right now. That is, uh, um, yeah, that's no joke. <laughs> Tops Chrome in the last couple of years, I think you could buy for 100 bucks a, a box. So we're talking nine to 10 times what a Tops Chrome box was going for uh, in the recent years. The Topps Finest, when it released, was 107. It's gotten up to 150. You could still buy Topps Finest 2020 for $200. We're talking, you could buy a case, a case of Topps Finest for the price of the Prism box. So all of this was really making me wonder, like, is am I pushed out of this aspect of the hobby already? What do I do? I still love it. So I, I, I don't know. All of this is to come back to talk about the emotions of the hobby. The emotions that Scott Hall ignites in us as fans and makes us want to collect. The emotions of missing out on a card that you <laughs> that you didn't even realize you wanted a, a week prior. Um, and how it can send you spiraling when you're really invested in this hobby. So I don't even know what my main point here is to say. Except to say, I don't know. If there's a card that you see out there that you want, you should probably go get it. If you're taking care of your business and you're doing what you got to do, buy the damn card. <laughs> don't... Don't um, don't let yourself be me. And again, other people talk about this all the time. Brett McGrath stacking slabs and Drake's, like I said. I mean, they constantly are talking about you know not to let these cards get away. And you, you know, I did. I let that one. I let that one walk. But such is life. In the end, it's it it is what it is. I, I'll find some way to get out of this funk, this collector funk that I'm in, and keep adding to this 2021 finest collection so listen anybody who's listening if you've got some 2020 tops finest uh cards numbered to 50 or better let me know i've got a lot of the big names that i want but there's still a ton that i want to get i'm not going to collect the entire set but all of the names that are important either to me or to the industry i I would really love to have so i'm looking for some beckys i'm looking for that Shawn michaels that hasn't come across at all a triple h because unfortunately when i bought the cards at the bohegan sun show I was buying them because I lost a bet, and that Triple H is going to my buddy Justin. But yeah, if you've got Top's Finest Wrestling cards, let me know. Let's talk. Autographs, number to 50 or less. We could we, we could make some transactions. All right. Uh, last thing I want to cover quickly here, and this is just more um, news about the pod itself. Like I said earlier, I had my first guest on last week, and it was incredible. I loved the conversation. I loved what it brought to the show. It was fantastic having another person, another person's perspective on this hobby, especially somebody at that level of the hobby. Scott is someone organizing and executing pretty big card shows at one of the biggest casinos in the world here in Connecticut. That's phenomenal. Getting to pick his brain and see how he went from a, a guy who was collecting literal precious metals 
to someone who could, you know, into the car world collecting PMGs all the way to having his own card show. It was really a, a fun, informative conversation. I really encourage you to go listen to it if you haven't. But all that is to say that that let me realize um, I really want to do more of that. I want to have more guests on this show. I don't know how often, maybe once a month, maybe every week if I can get enough. But I've already put out a bunch of feelers. Some folks have heard from me already. Um, I'm going to start trying to do that more often. So if you were a fan of that episode, I think you're in luck because I'm going to get more voices on here. I'm going to try to get voices from people who are um, subject matter experts, maybe some hockey experts, some Pokemon experts, some wrestling experts, whatever. I want to know more from people who know more in this hobby. I want to learn and I want to share that with people that listen. So keep an ear out for that. But that's all I got, guys. I'm going to wrap this episode up. This one was a little bit a little bit different because of the big news or the big sad news at the top there. And I really felt I wanted to dedicate some time to the great Scott Hall. And if you like anything I'm doing here, please give me a little low subscribe. Leave some reviews if you would. I would love to see some reviews. That really helps grow the show. And like all the other podcasters say, more than anything, please share this with friends, family, other enthusiasts, whoever you think might like anything that I'm doing, spread the word. It helps make the show bigger, which helps me sit down here and talk at you for 30 minutes to an hour. And if you want to talk to me, if you want to sell me some of your WWE Top's Finest cards, you can find me at Sports Card Nobody on Instagram, at Sport Card Nobody on Twitter. I try to be as active as possible. I share, I retweet, I talk back, I message. Let's do it. Reach out to me. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you hate. Tell me what you want to sell me. Thank you so much for listening. I'm the Sports Card Nobody. Have a great day.